0: Thank you so much for your presence here this morning, especially if you're visiting with us. We've mentioned before already and uh, so glad that you're here and invite you to be back with us at every opportunity that you have. Glad that you're here today and decided to be here. We're going to talk about some decisions this morning. We talked about you deciding to be here, but there's some uh, very important decisions in life that we have to make every day. And I want you to think for just a minute this morning how you make those decisions you know, there's a lot of factors that go into the decisions that we make every day. Some decisions are bigger than others. I understand that. We talked about the other day uh, how difficulty a decision we have of deciding where to go eat every Sunday or uh, when we go out and eat. How that's a big decision and hard to make sometimes. Well, there's big decisions in life, and there's a right decision many times, and there's a wrong decision. Sometimes they're indifference. How do you go about in your life making those decisions? You know, there's a lot of motivators that make me decide what I do at certain times. You know, maybe it's fear that's a motivator that makes me decide how fast I'm going to drive. So I set the cruise right at 79 instead of 80 where I won't get a ticket. You know, Those decisions that come into effect in our life and how we make those every day. There's a lot of uh, times that I make decisions for what's best for me. What's best for me is my personal gain. I make selfish decisions. Or what's the easiest way out? Maybe I'm lazy, so I want to find out what's the quickest and easiest way to get this over with. So I make use that as my determination on how to make a choice or how to make a decision. So as we think about certain motivators or certain things that people do to make decisions, I want you to think about maybe career choices and a person that's a very popular or very good athlete that he would use to make those type of decisions. So, you know, we obviously have these preconceived ideas in our head or in my own head, and I decided, well, you know, this person's going to go where he can make the most money. He's going to go where he can get to fame and fortune and uh, maybe be a championship or a Super Bowl the quickest. That's the way he's going to go about making those decisions. Every now and then, someone makes that decision that is not that type of decision, and he chooses less money or, or less fame or fortune or something like that, and that catches our attention, doesn't it? We notice that. That stands out to us. It's not what we expected. So that's kind of the type of decision and story that we want to talk about this morning. You know, there was a man that you probably don't know. Uh, he's not famous that I know of. I'd never heard of him before. But I started reading about a story about an individual. His name is Burke Parsons. The year is about 1990. In 1990, this individual uh, was in his teenage years, young man, and he was going through some difficult times. His father had uh, developed cancer. His sister was very sick with uh, autoimmune disease and some other difficulties that were going on in his life. His parents divorced. And he said, all these things happened to me, but really it, cho- it, it taught me or pushed me towards God. He said, I recognized I couldn't count on other people always, but I could always count on God. So he made the decision and understood in his life that he needed to do things that would push him and would make him serve the Lord. He wanted to do something for God. Now this individual was very talented and uh, he was in a position where he was offered a very, I guess you could say, peculiar series of events that happened in his life. And it seemed to happen at a perfect time when he was going through all these difficulties. A man came to him that was a producer and said, Hey, I want you to be a part of my boy band. I want you to be a part of this group that I'm going to be pushing, and, and you're going to be rich, you're going to be famous. And it seemed very obvious the decision that he needed to make. He said, I can do these things, and I can take care of my uh, my parents' financial troubles, my sister's sick, and her medical needs. And everything was falling into place, it seemed like. And matter of fact, a lot of Christians that he went to church with were saying, Hey, the Lord is is blessing you. This is an open door that the Lord has made for you in your life, and you need to follow this. And he thought, you know, you're right. I need to do that. So he started singing and dancing and doing all these things, making ready for this event where this boy group was going to be promoted and and, uh, go out on tour and and be rich and famous. And there a a few weeks before signing the contract, he decided, you know, this isn't right. This isn't something I should do. There's not a a way in this venue and in this band that I'm going to be able to promote the Lord, that I'm going to be able to work and serve Him. And this just isn't isn't the decision I should make. So he makes a decision not to join that band. And within a few years, the Backstreet Boys, (laughs) that he was going to be a member of the band, were were all very rich, all very famous, all very well known. But this man stayed behind difficulties continued in his family and in his life, and he struggled with that decision thinking, maybe I made the wrong decision, you know. Things are just not working out like I thought they would. And then in 1993, another, uh, or I think it was 1995 at that time, another opportunity came his way. This same man, whose name was Lou Perlman, he was the producer, and he said, hey, I'm going to give you another chance. He said, I know more about this process now, he said, I'm going to push another boy band. They're going to be bigger than the Beatles. They're going to be bigger than everyone. And I want you to be a part of this. So he struggled with that decision again. And he thought, man, I just I don't know what I should do. So he thought about it for a few days, and he turned it down. Another one of those decisions that gets our attention, because it's not what we expect. And before long, Sync becomes a big boys group that he could have been a part of. Within a few years, they're all multi-millionaires and making millions of dollars, making all kinds of money. You know, it may seem strange to us how I've introduced this this morning, but Moses had a little bit of a similar type of situation, a little bit of similar decision that he had to make in life. And that's what we want to study about and talk about this morning. So I'm not going to read this series of verses yet, but... Uh, which may seem a little strange decision to you this morning, but there's a few things. We are going to read this and study this these few verses in detail this morning. But what I want you to notice is that Moses has some choices to make. He chose. He had some choices to make. I want you to, re- to remind you of the story of Moses. We can't go into that in detail for time's sake this morning, but remember Joseph. He was sold by his brothers into slavery. He winds up over in, in Egypt being a uh, a very prominent person's, Slave, basically, a person that works for him in his household. Potiphar is his name. And, you know, a series of events happens. Joseph becomes very prominent in the the, uh, nation of Egypt. Okay, Pharaoh is the ruler of the land of Egypt. He's king. He is the most powerful person on the face of the earth. And he becomes friends with Joseph. And as a series of events go on, the famine in the land goes on. And he says, hey, bring your family here. So the children of Israel, his father, all come and move to that land. They live outside the city there in the land of Goshen. And then over several years, Joseph dies. And Pharaoh, that was his friend, dies. And everyone forgets who these people are, and they become slaves in Egypt. The Hebrew people become slaves in Egypt. And this is about the time that... Um, about 400 years, about the time that uh, they decide there's so many people, these Hebrews are outnumbering us, we need to start killing some of these people off or they're going to overthrow us. The new Pharaoh in power decides that they need to do that. So he makes a decree that all the male Hebrew children would be killed, that they would not survive. And that's about the time that Moses comes on the scene and he is born. Now Moses... Uh, it says his his parents hit him till he was about three months old. He's a very beautiful child, very goodly child, the Bible says. And until about that time he was three months old, they said, You know, we can't just go on hiding him. We're gonna have to do something. We're gonna have to make a decision here. So they build an ark or they build a little basket that floats in the water, cover it with pitch and put the baby inside and kind of swing it down the river to where Pharaoh's daughter is gonna be bathing. And she finds the basket, and she opens that basket up and sees the baby. And she said, hey, this is a baby of one of the Hebrews. And she instantly falls in love with the child. She said, and his sister, which is standing in the background, says, well, should I fetch you a maid or a nurse of the children of of the Hebrews that they might nurse the baby for you? And you bring him up as your own son? And she said, yes, let's do that. So his own mother is called in. She nurses the baby and man, things are good. Decisions are going well. Life is good there in Egypt. And, and in Acts chapter seven what Stephen talks about this decision that he makes, It says that when uh, he was cast out or Moses was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him and nourished him for her own son. So she was brought up or he was brought up as her own son, and Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. Moses was very prominent. He was likely in line to be a Pharaoh someday, to be the most powerful and prominent man in all of the world, God on earth. Pharaoh saw himself as God on earth among all these false gods that they worshipped. But he was a very prominent, very well-known, very well-respected. So these are all things that happened in the life of Moses. And what we want to think about is Moses... Had a very difficult decision to make as we talk about choices this morning. He had some decisions that he had to make in his life. The first thing we want to notice about this, again without reading it, is that Moses refused. Moses refused. He said no to some certain things that came up in his life, he refused certain things. Moses was able to say no at a critical point in his life, just maybe like this young man we had talked about earlier, or others that have made those type of decisions that stand out to us. He was able to say no, and sometimes that defines a person's character and shows how wise they are. They made good decisions, they made wise decisions, and that stands out to us. You know, a lot of times in life today, we we hear the term, yes, man. There's a man that will always say yes to someone that he's underneath or subordinate to. It's a person who's weak, who always agrees with their political leader or someone that's superior to them at work, for example. A person who agrees in every opportunity that they come across, no matter how much, it may seem crazy. This thing may seem crazy, but they don't sit back and weigh the consequences, weigh the outcome, think about what's going to happen, and they make poor decisions because of that. In certain ways, we hear that term, yes, man. Consider the difficulty that Moses may have had in refusing some of these things we've already talked about this morning. Refusing fame, refusing fortune, all the good things that life has to offer. Egypt was a very rich place, rich in everything. And he was able to refuse that and turn it down. You know, Satan offered the same thing to Christ. You remember Christ when he was... Fasted for 40 days and Satan takes him aside. He brings him to a very high mountain and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world and all the glory that's in them. And he said, I'll give you all these things if you'll bow down and worship me. And he said, get away from me, Satan. I'm not going to make that decision. That's a foolish decision. All these things that the world has to offer, I don't need it. And we'll talk some more about that type of decision here this morning. You know, the world and the media is constantly trying to mold us and to get us to be yes people, to be tolerant, to not stand up for what is right, to not say no, but instead be one of those yes men that, hey, let's just tolerate everyone and everybody and everything. Everything's going to be all right. There's no reason to ever say no and take a stand for anything. But that's not what Moses did, and that's not the decision that we need to make today either. So let's look for a moment at what Moses refused. We're finally going to read these series of verses. It says, By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. So let's look at the first thing that it says in this series of verses that Moses refused. He refused his family. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Think of all the blessings that came along with being the son of Pharaoh's daughter. All the blessings that he had. And he said no to his royal family. No, that's not really my mother. That's not my kinfolk. He refused his family. You know, sometimes we have to break ties with family. Sometimes we have to break ties with people that are not making good and righteous decisions that we're very close to. And it's a very hard, and it's a very difficult decision. And God will bless us, and He will help us in that if we'll look to Him for guidance and direction. And He will help us in that way, as difficult as that may be. Another thing that He passed up, or decision that He decided to walk away from, was the passing pleasures of sin, the Bible says in these series of verses. As a powerful man, Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world's grandson, think of all the blessings that this guy would have. Think of all the riches, all the things that he would have access to that maybe other people, the common man, didn't have access to. You know, we look at people around us that are very rich and very prominent. They're always in front of us on the TV and think, man, it'd be nice to have that house or that car or whatever it is. That position of prominence in the world, that would be so nice I just wished I had part of that. Think about that. That's the type of decision that Moses had to make to walk away from these things. Anything he desired, anything he wanted in this life, he had. He had access to. That was part of his everyday ritual, part of his everyday life. You know, we think about the things that people so prominently talk about in this life. That's riches, that's money, that's women, wine, song, all these things. Moses had access to to all those things, I believe. You know, there was probably harems that he had, so as many women as he wanted. Entertainment, all these things were around him. The passing pleasures of sin, the Bible talks about. He gave those things up. And it also talks about there, the treasures in Egypt. You know, it's hard for us to comprehend all these type of riches, uh, especially some of us that are so far away removed from that. And how all this gold and, and money and spices, all these things that we could talk about in this world that this world has to offer. The riches of Egypt. In 1922, they un- uncovered the tomb of King Tut. I remember watching that on National Geographic or something one time, how that they uncovered the tomb. The archaeologists went in and, and found all these things. Just the most gold that had been ever been found in one room ever. All this gold and all these riches. Matter of fact, there was a box that the organs of King Tut were put into that was worth a quarter million bucks. It was just lined in gold, made of pure gold, and I mean worth all this money. All these riches, it wasn't just a little thing that he was walking away from. All the riches and treasures and pleasures of sin had to offer in Egypt. Moses refused these things. You know, the pleasures in Egypt offered a lot of things like we've already talked about. But Moses walked away from that because he knows, yes, sin is pleasurable, but that's, it's passing, it's short-lived, it's going away, it's not going to last forever. Another thing about riches and fame and fortune and all these things that we recognize is it's it's not going to last. It's going to go away. And we always want more. There's something, as much as you have, you always want more. There's one more gold box out there that's better than your box. <laughs> and you want, it, you want it. You want the bigger, better things. <clears throat> Think about the rich young ruler. There's a man, a young man that came to... To Jesus and ask Him what He must do to inherit eternal life. And He says, you know, keep the commandments. Keep these things, that the, the commandments that the Word talks about. Keep those things. And He said, I've done all those things since I was a kid. What else do I lack? What else do I need to do? And he said. He looked at Him and He said, go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor and come and follow Me and you'll have riches and treasure in Heaven eternally. And the man went away sorrowful because he couldn't give it up he could not make the decision to give up those riches and fame and pleasure that were just going to pass away anyway but he made a bad decision and he went away sorrowful the bible says another thing that we can think of is is that sin or sinful pleasures will not go unpunished there's punishment that goes along with sin there's a price that must be paid The wages or the price that must be paid for sin is death. And that price will be paid, the Bible says. Look at this series of verses here in Second Peter chapter two. It says, For God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world the ungodly. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemning them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those who afterward would live ungodly. And delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that wicked man dwelling among them in... For that righteous man dwelling among them, and and seeing and hearing vexes righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the ungodly out of temptation the godly out of temptations, and to receive the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished. Well, but you're dead, didn't I? Well he says, If God would not spare the angels that sinned, he wouldn't spare the old world that was full of wickedness, except for righteous Noah that was found in the old world. He didn't spare Sodom and Gomorrah and the evil things that were going on there at that time, homosexuality and things that were going on in the city. He delivered a righteous man, that was Lot, because he was vexed with this unrighteousness that was going on around him every day. His soul hurt and he saw the evil things that were going on, and it just killed him, and he was delivered from that evil. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. He'll deliver us from trials and temptations that come our way. And He knows how to punish the unjust. Think about those things this morning. Think about that as we make our decisions. Make our decision on an eternal basis and not a right here and now basis. How did Moses make this decision? Let's talk about that for just a minute. How did Moses make the decision that he would walk away from all these things? It tells us right up front in these verses, by faith. By faith, he believed what God said. What God had told him. He believed it to be true. He believed it to be right. And he was going to follow after that and he was going to do it. Remember, Moses was called. He had a calling. He knew what God wanted him to do. Moses was out uh, with the flocks in the wilderness and he sees this bush burning over there in the land of Horeb. If The bush is being burned, but it's not being consumed. It's not going out. It just continues to burn and burn and burn. And he goes over to check this out, and God tells him what He wants him to do. He calls him to go and to talk to Pharaoh. He said, I need you to go to Egypt. I need you to go tell him to let my people go, that they might worship and offer sacrifice unto me. Remember, Moses was pretty reluctant about that at first. He said, look, you got the wrong guy. (laughs) You don't need me. You need somebody else. This this is not my job. But eventually, he, he, by faith, came to see that God wanted him, that he would be with him, and he recognized, hey, I've been called to this. And I want you to know today that God is calling you too. He's called you to righteousness, out of darkness to righteousness. He's called every one of us for that. He doesn't want us to follow after the things of this world, but follow after righteousness, and He'll bless us for it. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 9, it talks about that, that we've been called unto righteousness and to evangelizing, out of darkness, into light, telling others about Christ. You know, Moses recognized as he was there in Egypt one day, and he saw how this Hebrew was being mistreated. One of his brethren was being mistreated, and... They were beating him, and he saw all the injustice that was around him. And he killed that Egyptian that was mistreating one of his brothers. And then he, he fled to the land of Midian. But he saw a lot of cruelty and a lot of injustice, and he wanted to help. He wanted to do something, but didn't know what to do. And he was scared and ran away for many years until God called him. I want you to notice the phrase this morning, he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. Moses understood... Or Uh, He made this free will choice to suffer in their affliction, in their persecution. You know, think about this decision that he made today. All the riches that he had, all the things that he had to give up. And he walked away from it and said, you know what, I think I'll just suffer a little bit. (laughs) I think I'll go through a little affliction, a little persecution, that'll be fine. You know, he made a very difficult decision. And I want you to notice the words here too, esteeming the reproach of Christ's greater riches. Esteeming, that word means counting or considering carefully. He didn't just go on a whim like we do sometimes on our decisions. He carefully thought this out. And this reproach that was coming His way. You know, if I do this, I'm going to be reproached. I'm going to be defamed. I'm going to be reviled. I may be hurt. I may be killed. All these things may be coming to me. But I'm going to make this choice because why? Because of Christ's greater riches. Greater riches that are found in Christ. Why did he make that decision? Because he recognized all these things that he had were just temporary. They weren't eternal. He recognized there's something bigger and better in God and in Christ. And he made the decision to follow after that. Let's read 1 Peter chapter 4 verses 14 through 16. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the Spirit of glory in God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. And he talks about in verse number 27, how by faith he forsook Egypt. And you know, the Bible makes a very clear distinction between this type of suffering. Between suffering for doing wrong and deserving it, deserving to suffer for that, and suffering or choosing to suffer for doing right. And that's the type of decision that he made. Suffering, chose suffering for Christ's sake. Choosing to suffer for Him. Moses believed the same thing that Peter believed that we just read here. He followed after that. And sometimes, we've already alluded to this this morning, and maybe this is a bit of a rabbit trail that we won't stay on long, but you know, sometimes there is opposition in the middle. When we think we're making the right decisions, we think, hey, things are falling into place, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. Sometimes there's opposition in the middle of that, and we become discouraged when trials, temptations, not what we expected, came our way. And for example, in Moses, as he went in to go talk to Pharaoh, what happens? He said, hey, Pharaoh, you need to let the people, uh, the children of Israel go into the wilderness. And he said, I ain't doing that. That may not be what Moses expected to happen. And all of a sudden he says, you know what? We're going to make the work harder for the children of, of the Hebrew or children of Israel here. We're going to take away their straw. They're going to have to go get their own straw to make the bricks. And we'll see how they like that. Maybe they're just not busy enough. We just need to get them a little bit busier and make it harder on them. And maybe they'll quit complaining. I don't think that's what Moses expected, <laughs> as he calls out to God and says, "Lord, help me. What, you know, what do you want me to do? Uh, this, this isn't what he expected. Sometimes things don't go our way in the middle of trying of what we think we're trying to do and serve God. And again, we've got to just remain strong and choose to follow after Him. Make that decision. Yeah, it may not be." What we expected. We may actually have to suffer some persecution, some affliction, some trial, some problems in our way. But He's going to help us through it. And it's going to strengthen us. Just have faith. By faith, Moses chose these things. And God wants us, by faith, to choose as well. Choose these things. This morning, you have a choice to make too. Those are a lot of, we've already talked about this morning about many choices that we have to make in life. and You've got an opportunity and a time that you need to make a choice today. Let's read this series of verses. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, setteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it, lest haply after he hath laid the foundation, it is not able to finish it? And behold, it will begin to mock him, saying, This man begin to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to war against another king, setteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him with twenty thousand, or else why the other is a great way off? He sendeth and embashes and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. There's decisions that we have to make. There's things that we have to give up to put aside. And we've been called, just like Moses was, to count the cost. Consider the things that we may have to give up. You know, it may cost you a job. It may cost you a career It may cost you a bunch of money. It may cost you fortune and fame and all these things like some of these other people this morning had to go through. But the Lord wants us to have faith. Put our trust in Him and recognize that these things are just temporary. They're going away anyway. He wants to bless us eternally. There's greater riches. There's much better stuff in Christ eternal that we can put our trust and our faith and our hope in. Instead of... This world and this life. Moses recognized that those things were passing and useless, and by his faith, he gave up all for Christ. Moses knew that real and lasting riches and eternal things are only found in God and in Christ and following after him. This morning, do you have the faith to choose Christ and his word and obey his word? It takes faith, and we've got to count the cost whether we're going to give up the things that are put before us in this life and put Him first. Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and I'll add all these blessings unto you. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 33. Consider the rich man and Lazarus this morning and the state that they are in. The story that's told to us in Luke chapter 16, how the rich man had... All the good clothes, the purple clothing it talks about there in this series of verses. He had all he wanted to eat, all he wanted to drink, all the blessings that he had in this life. All those things that he had, and man, he lived it up. But now, where is he? He's in torment. And we remember Lazarus, how that did, he didn't have anything in this life. He was full of sores, he was sick, he was a beggar. He just laid at the rich man's gate, and he just wanted... A crumb that fell from his table so that he would have something to eat. And he had nothing. And now, where is he? He's comforted in Abraham's bosom. The rich man's down in torments. He's just wanting one drop of water to cool his tongue that is being tormented in this flame. And now, where, where is Lazarus? Yeah, you may have all the good things in this life, but consider by faith what God wants you to choose. The church is here for you this morning. If there's anything that we can do for you, we want you to make that good choice of faith and following after what God has asked us to do, to be buried with Him in baptism. He wants us to obey the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection. And we do that through faith, by understanding the operation of God, how He works on our heart. And when we're obedient unto Him, we come into contact with Christ's blood, which is the only thing that can wash away our sins. And we do that when we're obedient unto Him and what He's told us to do in the Scriptures. If we can help you with that this morning, please come forward as we stand and sing together.